Hello, everybody, and welcome to 30 Minute Thrive, your go-to podcast for anything and everything HR, powered by MRA, the Management Association. Looking to stay on top of the ever-changing world of HR? MRA has got you covered. We'll be the first to tell you what's hot and what's not. I'm your host, Sophie Voller, and we are so glad you're here. Now it's time to thrive. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 59 of 30 Minute Thrive. Today, we're going to dive into the world of email, specifically inbox intelligence, and discover when and why it's your most powerful tool. So today, I'm joined with expert Andy Maris, MRA Learning and Development Instructor, as he runs through his tips and tricks on using email in our professional lives. So thanks for being here today, Andy. Happy to be here with you. Okay, so let's start out with the positives. Andy, what are the key advantages of using email as a form of business communication in today's digital landscape? Well, email's really fast. You can reach a mass audience very quickly, and it's documented forever. It's a great follow-up tool uh, on a conversation or a meeting. So that we talked about this before, right? P- yeah. People uh, know what to do when, um, but it's also a great way to inform people of things that are easy to understand, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if it's confusing, though, I wouldn't put it in an email. Um, and then, of course, it's a great documentation tool. So now let's flip that question. What are the biggest challenges of emails? It's really fast. You can reach a mass audience really quickly, and it's documented forever. Literally, the pros are also the cons, because once you hit send, <laughs> yeah, that's gone. Anything that's real complex or difficult to understand, that's just going to make it a, a difficult concept, and then mm-hmm. they're going to not get it. You can't watch somebody react. You can't read their body language on if they get it or not. You can read that in somebody's face when we're looking at them. You can't get that out of an email. Um, and it is a big one when you're emotional, right? Be very careful to take a break. Get yourself collected and cool. Uh, because if you type in your emotional, it's going to come way worse on the other end than even you intend. Uh, sometimes you got to, you know, go take a walk, yell at the trees, whatever you got to do. Uh, take a deep breath. Uh, but you want to make sure you're careful with those emotional emails because it comes off way worse than you than you originally intended. And then um, anything that's not for public consumption or confidential, as we said, email is never gone. Yes. Mm-hmm. Great point. In addition to that, tone is really difficult to read. Mm-hmm. You know, what a, what a cliche. I'm using my mother-in-law as an example. But when she says, I'm fine, she's fine. When she says, I'm fine. I don't know what I'm going to find out later, but it's going to be a while uh, before she reveals that, right? Well, you can hear that in someone's tone. You can't read it very well in an Mm -hmm. email. And so that's also a problem. And then even the mechanics. Uh, I I had a uh, woman I worked with uh, years ago who had a, she she, um, was real into grammar, uh, kind of being the grammar police. And she had a really funny um, sign on her desk that said, I'm silently judging your grammar in my head. And it used to make me chuckle. But even something as silly as, uh, you know, using a colon instead of a semicolon or a comma mm-hmm. uh, after your greeting, uh, that's supposed to be the business way to do it. I couldn't care less. I'm not the grammar police. But, you know, something that like that simple could set your email sideways. And then mm-hmm. also the design really matters. We've probably all seen somebody that has a very stylized background. And mm-hmm. because of it, it's really hard to read. Um, sometimes people use a whole block of text and it's just, your eye doesn't know where to stop. And so there's lots of things that can go wrong with it, even though it's a wonderful tool and used well. Yes. I'm like picturing now the worst emails I've ever gotten (laughs) or written 
But I feel like I all I'm like an emoji person, so in my emails I will always add an emoji to help with tone so that they know like hey, I'm not meaning this in a bad way. And that's what emoticons are invented for. Yeah. Then is it a smart aleck smiley face or a happy smiley face? And then how professional is that, right? So you got to know your audience when you're sending that out. Yeah. But that is the purpose, right? To yeah. add tone to text. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And that's, that's not soft serve, Sophie. <laughs> <laughs> so what examples do you have on when tone was maybe misinterpreted with email? I've got a funny one from several years ago. I had a participant in one of my classes um, and we were talking about how difficult tone is to read mm-hmm. and uh, I was in in Chicago and um, I remember as we're discussing this she kind of starts laughing and and she says well I've got kind of an embarrassing one that just happened to me and I said well are you comfortable sharing and she said sure and uh, she said I and and folks this is not necessarily the people at your company but she said my my IT guy, is kind of the stereotype on Saturday Night Live where it makes you feel bad for doing his job. He comes over and like, click, click, click. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Did you even plug it in? That guy, right? So she, she like, he insults her, then fix yeah. the computer kind of thing. That was her relationship with him. And so there was a vulnerability. There was a virus going around. And uh, he wanted to save some time. Now, this was many years ago. I remember when I was in the IT industry years ago, uh, they used to call this sneaker netting because the... Uh, IT staff would put their sneakers on and run from computer to computer. This is before they had all these things behind the wall. They could just fix it. Yeah. Well, um, he sends out an email because he's going to try and get to each computer, but it's going to take him a while to get to everybody. So he sends out an email. So if they can install this patch to keep them from getting the virus, all the better if they can beat him to it, right? So he sends out this, this email and I'll quote unquote read it to you. It says, hello, there's been a huge virus going around the country. We want to we make sure we don't get it. Here are the steps to install the attachment. He did remember to attach it, by the way. Oh, good, good. Yeah, that's always an oops, right? Here are the steps. And then in bullet points, which I love, right? I want it to be one pane of glass. Yeah. Bullet point, bullet point, bullet point, bullet point, all the directions on how to do it. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Jim. It said, please. It said, thank you. They sprinkled yeah. in a little tone. She was so angry after reading that. She went running to HR. Look what I have to put up with from this jerk. She had it in her hand as she pr- printed it out. Any any idea why? It's pretty funny when she realized what had happened. I don't know why. Because you know her human resources uh, person's looking at the thing and go, "What what's wrong with it? Right. It's very technical. There's nothing emotional about it." And she read it and she reread it. I'll give you a hint. Uh, it was just one word. It was at the very beginning. Do you remember how that email started? Hello? Yeah, hello. It's a greeting, right, Sophie? Like, hello, how are you? What's wrong with that? Well, can you think of any other interpretations of hello? Maybe you've seen the movie Back to the Future? I I guess... Hello, McFly, buddy home. She read the entire email as if he was knocking on her head like she was an idiot. Oh, wow. And it wasn't there. Based on one word. Based on one word. We read tone into our messaging, and that's what we're up against. I think yeah. that's scary. I also think it's a very funny story. That is funny. But uh, wow, right? Uh, this is what we're up against. And, and that's why your idea about the emoticons, right? The emojis, yeah. that's why we use them. Maybe he needed to add a smiley face. Yeah, I don't know. And then she might have thought it was a smart Alex smiley face. So who knows where that would have gone. But that's well, that, what we're up against. It's a good story. So are there certain situations then we're using email might hinder rather than enhance business communication. 
Yeah. Um, if anything has to be confidential, don't put it in an email. There is no such thing as a confidential email, which is funny because there's even a little button you can push that says yeah. confidential. It's not defensible in court at all. <laughs> and anyone in the world who has an email address can have that sent to them. Exactly. Uh, we, we've seen so many examples over the years of people getting in trouble because of email be, and it gets found. E even if you, you know, there's been stories of people using software like Bleachbit to get rid of uh, emails. And uh, well, sure, that got it off your server and, and your right. computer, but it's still on the server or the network or the computer, mm -hmm. or the people you sent it to, or the people you sent it to who sent it to somebody else. Yes. And so it really has no, no end in mind. It can mm -hmm. go on forever as long as somebody has an email address. So that is kind of frightening. Uh, don't put it in email if you wouldn't want uh, anybody to read it outside of, uh, you know, normal conversation. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it's kind of like the tree falling in the woods. You know, nobody hears it. Did it really make a noise? Well, everybody hears an email because it can be forwarded to any anyone mm -hmm. uh, that uh, has an email address. Uh, I also run into uh, different relationship things, right? So once you hit send, as I said, that can change the relationship yeah. forever. And so we see people using false urgency, urgent and exclamation mm -hmm. point and red and all caps and all those things can really set people off. Um, if it's too long, on one hand, too wordy. And then if it's too abrupt, not wordy enough. It, it's yeah. funny how this really can have a lot of problems. And typing in an email when we're emotional, ugh, that can really cause problems because tone is so hard to read. Yep. It comes off way worse than even we were anticipating. And if we're heated when we write it, it comes off mm -hmm. as furious. Yeah. Going back to your, um, that emails are, are not confidential. It's kind of like social media too. Whatever you put on social media, mm. don't expect it. There forever. It's, yeah, exactly. It's going to be there forever. It lives forever. But we talked about some of these challenges. How can you overcome them? It's, it's a good question. One of the things, uh, it, it, we had that podcast a few uh, podcasts ago yeah. where we talked about meetings and I mm -hmm. talked about, can this meeting be an email? If it's something really simple and easy to understand, well, you can ask the opposite question. Should this email be a meeting? Yes. If it's more complex, we better do that, mm -hmm. right? E emails for uh, simple concepts or to follow up is when it's best, right? So uh, we use, uh, I, I learned this from my colleague, Janet. I love this. Uh, she calls it the grandma or judge rule. If you're going to make grandma blush by what's in there, or you got to stand in front of a judge, don't put it in an email. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's uh, that's something to really remember uh, when you're considering what you're what you're hitting send. Yeah, absolutely. With. Any other scenarios where you should not definitely send an email? Or I know um, we talk about here if if you're writing and writing and writing and you can't just um, quickly send it, you should just pick up the phone and call that person. Or absolutely. if you have to explain something, it's so much easier just going in person or picking up the phone. I like to call that the three thread rule. Mm -hmm. That if I've sent it, they've replied, I've sent another one, it goes back three yeah. times, pick up the call, pick up the phone and call them. Mm -hmm. If you if you can see them, even better yet, go see them face to face. Yeah. Well, you're just gonna pile on the, the confusion, yeah. the lack of clarity, mm -hmm. the more you try to explain something yeah. in email if it's not if it's not understood. Well, I think everyone here and who's listening can agree that we simply get way too many emails, though. Sure. And that means that a lot of emails can also be missed, too, because our inbox is so big. So how can you make your message stand out among the mass amount of emails that we already get? Mm. Uh, lots, of, lots of ways that uh, really, really help. You really want to think of 
your reader's perspective. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I tell this joke in class, it's lame. Sarah heard it before, but W-I-I-F-M in the morning, it's what everyone is listening to. I had to do my radio voice there. But uh, it, it really doesn't, it's not a radio station. It's it's uh, what's in it for me is what that stands for. And that joke doesn't work west of Mississippi, by the way. Everything starts with K. But anyway, uh, we want to put our our tone and our and our message in their reading perspective right not how do how do i want to best send it if you know it you got your message to right. your head how will they best receive it so they can act and so i have mm -hmm. to kind of put myself in their shoes how does this make sense to them yeah um is is there a meaningful and searchable subject line i, I encourage people actually to fill that out second to last mm. people usually type it right away we'll yeah. talk about that a little, a little bit uh, but it's actually something that I prefer to do once I've written the whole thing, because sometimes mm -hmm. if I start out with an e with a subject line in the email, uh, I could change significantly by the time I've typed it. Mm -hmm. And by the time I hit send, maybe I need a new subject line anyway. I, I think I want to make sure that it's searchable mm -hmm. in case somebody's looking for that in the future. Uh, that's easy to find. And it's not, you know, just to get their attention, you know, or it's yeah. cutesy and you cry wolf because it really wasn't that important, right? And there's that urgency <laughs> thing again. Yeah, absolutely. That makes me think of like, you customize your emails based on different people too. Mm -hmm. So I know some people who would just like want one word in the subject line, they'll open it. Or I know another person who would want like a detailed subject line. So it's like, it's also funny thinking about the person who you're sending the email to, how it changes basically. There used to be, uh, people would use it like instant messenger before instant yes. messenger was a thing and it would say EOM for end of message and everything was in the subject line. Yeah, don't do that anymore. Uh, do that. We, 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 we've moved on, right? <laughs> um, but uh, that, that was a thing years ago. Um, one of the things I always suggest is to make sure uh, your message as much as possible is on one pane of glass. Now, of course, you've got your mm -hmm. your surface in front yeah. of you. Pane of glass is about this big. Mm -hmm. What about cell phone, right? Can, can you get it yeah. so small that they don't have to endlessly scroll? Now, mm -hmm. that's not always possible. Yeah, You need to give them enough information that they can take action. Mm -hmm. uh, but the the shorter, the better. Yeah. And I even prefer, if I can get away with it, bullet points as opposed mm -hmm. to endless paragraphs. Right? Well, they got to scroll and scroll. It's probably not going to get read. Absolutely. Well, we talked about when you should not send an email or use email as the best form of communication. So do you have any specific scenarios where email is proven to be the superior choice for professional interactions? It's an awesome follow-up tool. Mm-hmm. I love after a phone call or after a meeting yeah. or even a face-to-face -face conversation, here's what we spoke about, bullet point, mm -hmm. bullet point, bullet point, so that, you know, the person can take action and we can remember and it's documented, right? Yes. So that people are going to say, well, you didn't say that or we didn't agree to do that. Well, here's what we agreed upon. And if they disagree with it, then we mm -hmm. can have that discussion over the follow-up email. Yeah. But I, I think it's a tremendous tool for that. I love mm -hmm. that. It, it is great when you reach a mass audience yeah. at and and so um, we we can do that mm -hmm. uh, really quickly, really efficiently. Just be just be really sure that it's yeah. ready to go before you hit send. Mm -hmm. And with like follow ups, like you said, the meetings you can in include resources then in the mm. email too. Great idea, great idea. One of my uh, favorite things uh, with t helping people tailor yeah. an email message is to help them understand that if you know the communication style. Yeah. Other person you're emailing that can really help you. Mm -hmm. uh, folks that are very analytical yeah. want lots and lots of information. Mm -hmm. Folks that are uh, what are often called drivers or dominant 
communication mm-hmm. styles, they want it as short as possible, yes. right? Mm-hmm. Well, how can you how can you make both happy, right? If you're sending to a mass audience, right? Well, what I suggest is you have it short, mm-hmm. but then have a link is best if you can have a link. Or second best is an attachment, but you got to make sure you remember to send it, yes. attach it right before you hit send. Um, we had that oops moment before, right? <laughs> but then anyone that wants to swim in all that data and information can go to the attachment or go to the link. Yeah. And a person that couldn't care less, doesn't mm-hmm. have to read all that, still gets what they need to be able to act on that email. And I think it's really important to remember, business email should be actionable, mm-hmm. right? It, it's it's for accomplishing things. Yep. And so there should be some action tied to it. It can be just to make uh, something clear to follow up, which I think is also a good tool. Uh, but usually following up on something that needs to be acted upon. Yeah, that's a great point. So how does email contribute to effective collaboration, especially when working with remote or international teams? It's a great question, right? Um, follow-up is so critical mm-hmm. when you're in different time zones. I mean, it's critical even in the same building. Yeah. Uh, but that really helps us to to make sure everybody is literally on the same page, uh, is, is doing the right things at the right time by the due dates. Email makes that really easy and, and it can be asynchronous. Somebody could open it on the other side of the world mm-hmm. uh, and it's instantaneous, right? So uh, that is a really great uh, factor with it. Um, you can add the little at symbol in somebody's name and, yeah. and uh, you can actually send it to several people, but actually have individual call outs where they have mm-hmm. different action items they have to do. And so that can really use it. You can use it that way as a collaboration tool. And people can read it when it's most convenient to them, their time frame, their time zone, right? Yeah. Uh, it, it just kind of a funny little ad. I, I try to tell people, don't put good morning, good evening, good yeah. afternoon. Because you, never know. you don't know when they're going to read it. It might be that time when you send it. It's just a little awkward. It's not a big deal. Yeah. But um, I want I want to make sure that that is, uh, yeah. you know, maybe it has a greeting because I think that sprinkles in some tone. I like using people's name if I can. Mm-hmm. Uh, our, my colleague Cheryl says it's the most beautiful sound to a person's ears and I say I, I say that uh, the way they like to be called it too. I'm I'm Andy. Somebody calls me Andrew. I think somebody's mad at me. So uh, especially that's mom, right? But um, but yeah, I, I think that's how we sprinkle in a little tone because it is really hard to read. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and I think it's really considerate when they can read it mm-hmm. when they're able to. Yeah, and email allows for that. Yeah, in a collaborative sure. way. So how about then some of the other ro- email etiquette rules that people may not know or just generally think of? Great question. And there's no Emily Post guide to email etiquette. There's nothing like that. Yeah. Um, but I think most people will agree on a lot of these because uh, they've just seen it abused so many times. They, mm-hmm. get, they get irritated when they see this. Uh, one thing, especially you just mentioned about international, for example, sure. I want to reflect the formality of my reader. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's a first time conversation or you know email thread, yeah. With uh, somebody in another culture, I probably would start out with, um, "Hello, Ms. Bowler," or "Hi, mm-hmm. Ms. Bowler," not "Hey, Sophie." Right? Yeah. It just it comes. It, it, it's not as professional. But if they uh, if they then reflect back uh, uh, a more casual tone, then I think that that's a good place to start. Mm-hmm. Uh, limit those emoticons and those emojis that we talked about. You know, is it professional? Yeah, it's okay if you've got that type of relationship and they know you. But uh, here's the biggest one for me as far as etiquette. We've got to watch out for that reply to all button. Mm-hmm. I am so tired of somebody <laughs> saying, we're ordering from Cousin Subs. What do you want? And somebody replies to all, I'll have the turkey with extra mayo. I don't care. I didn't ask. 
Drives me up a tree, Sophie. We try to all and everybody needs to know. Well, and there's like emails where people are like, just reply to me. And then it's like, reply to all. Hi. I got to give some people some grace on this. I understand that there's certain phones that if people reply from their phone, it automatically replies to all. Well, then we should talk to that company and get them to fix that. But that's just beside the point. Uh, so then, you know, assume good intent that they didn't mean to send that to everybody. But good gracious, I don't care about your turkey sandwich if I didn't, if I'm not taking the order. So now looking ahead with the rise of AI and automation, how do you really first see the evolution of email's role in, in business overall? Yeah, that's a that's an easy, that's an interesting one. Um, yeah. I, I think we're going to not know whether it's a human being or a, or a yes. AI writing uh, mm-hmm. us on one hand, uh, but I think it'll be even easier to find what we're looking for. Uh, even if somebody does a poor job in the subject line or the, or the uh, message, mm-hmm. uh, if you need it six months later, what did that person say? What do I need to know? Uh, I, I think that'll help us find those types of things. The uh, it's still the wild west. We're gonna we're, right. we're gonna find out, but I think th- those things maybe could be some advantages. Mm-hmm. And AI can help craft an email or help you create an email template. So before we close out the episode, what is one more thing that you want listeners to remember about email? I mentioned a moment ago that we should fill out the subject line second to last, right? Mm -hmm. We don't really know what the message is going to say until we typed it. Sure. Well, I'm pretty passionate about this and I wish I could petition Microsoft to change this because you should fill out the two, the CC and the BCC fields last. And why do you think that is? Because you might forget, I don't know, you might forget that a certain group has to be included or a certain person. Needs so that's definitely true. Maybe I'm missing somebody in those yeah. fields if I if I do it too quickly. And it, it, cause again, I don't know what I've typed, but I can't send it anywhere oh. if there's nothing there. I can't accidentally go oops and that's that shit don't run out. And so I would love to petition Microsoft because it's in the upper left-hand corner of your screen, right? I want to have them put it in the lower right. Because when you were in kindergarten, what did your teacher drill into your head? Always put your name at the top, right? Mm -hmm. And where did you put it in the upper left-hand corner? Because we read left to right. Well, what do people do first? They put the address in there. Wow. It's the worst thing you can do because if something's not ready, you can't even accidentally hit send. Now, your question about AI, I don't know. Because now they might be monitoring your keystrokes and you still could get in trouble. So watch out for those nasty grams, right? Because some people will do that to get the emotion out when they're mad and then hit delete. Uh, Maybe we don't even want to do that anymore. Maybe find a new way to vent your your frustrations. Mm -hmm. But um, that's a good point. You cannot send it if there's nowhere for it to be sent. I'm sure a lot of people would appreciate that change. (laughs) Yeah. and And I'm so careful with that, especially if it's something more sensitive. Yeah. Um, I will, if it's a reply, it puts it in there immediately, right? If it's a mm-hmm. forward, it puts it in there immediately. I will cut and paste it somewhere else and bring it back when yep. I'm done. If I'm worried I could accidentally hit save, yeah. send too quickly. Yeah, that's a great idea. So if our audience would like to learn anything else about email etiquette, do you have any recommendations for um, anything else MRA can offer? So we have a great class and of course I think it's great. I teach it, but uh, it's called... Uh, it's called Business Email, How to Write It Right. And it's a terrific class. It's a half day. And we basically focus on the things we, we talked about today with a much deeper dive. Uh, in addition to that, we have uh, an even more robust class. It's mm-hmm. business writing. And all the stuff that's in the email class is also within that class. 
Uh, but then we get best practices for letters and text messages and oh. IMs and uh, even how to make the tone come through better and all those types of things because we have a full day to really address lots of business writing issues because it is just so hard to read tone in any type of yeah. textual message. Well, we will make sure to link those two classes in the show notes below. So if you're interested, you can just take a look at the show notes below and, and register and have Andy as a teacher. Yeah, I'd love to see you in class. <laughs> well, Andy, that's all the time we have today, but um, I want to thank you for all the great content and tips that you gave us. I think I will now think about this episode every time I debate sending an email, and I hope you do too. <laughs> But to our listeners, if you liked our chat and topic today, I would urge you to comment any any tips you have around email best practices or just anything that you want to add on to our conversation. Don't forget to share this episode out and consider joining MRA if you aren't a member already. Like I said, we have all the resources you need in the show notes below, including resources on this topic too. So thanks for tuning in today and we'll see you next week. And that wraps up our content for this episode. Be sure to reference the show notes where you can sign up to connect for more podcast updates. Check out other MRA episodes on your favorite podcast platform. And as always, make sure to follow MRA's 30-Minute Thrive so you don't miss out. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next Wednesday to carry on the HR conversation.